you feel it, you know it. D. Raw Productions. What's up, people? It's your boy, D-Raw, bringing you another episode of The Houston Sports Connoisseurs. Don't forget to seek, listen, and learn to be a sports connoisseur just like me. I got my boy Charles with me today, my co-host. You already know how it go. What up, what up, people? Good to be back again. Hey, don't forget to listen once again, like, and subscribe to the podcast. We're on all platforms that you love to listen to. So, let's get right into the Texans, man. Um, I know we had like a little episode by week. You know, we missed a game. So, we're going to cover this Houston and Cincinnati game, which was a very special game. Uh, and then we're going to move on to the Cardinals. Now, I just want to say, I want to add this little tidbit right quick. You know, I know a lot of our listeners probably think, hey, those guys, they cover a lot of Houston Texans uh, lately, at least with the last three episodes that you and I both been affiliated with. But I, I almost think like we kind of predicted the future on how their season was going to be because now it's like you can't turn on a platform anywhere and someone's not talking about the Texans. Yeah, the media really been showing us love. I mean, <clears throat> you look at Stephen A., you look at uh, – Wherever you look at, they talking about the Houston Texans and mostly C.J. Stroud and how impressive he's been this year. Yeah, and um, I actually watched one the other day with Shannon Shaw and uh, Ocho Cinco, and they and they they, they gave C.J. Stroud his props, so it, it was good to hear that, man. Yeah, and you know, like you said, like Ocho Cinco talking about, but even like people that's currently in the league, like Aaron Rodgers, you know, talking about how good C.J. looked, how he's studying the game, and how he just see that he's going to continue to get better. Tom Brady said some good things about him, so, you know. But, but you know he worked, he, excuse me, you know he worked with uh, Tom Brady this this past preseason. Yeah, so. And, and learning from the GOAT, bro, you, you know you can't go wrong. And nah, C.J. Stroud nah. looked like he really took notes. Not only did he take notes, that's the one thing that I really like about him. In the midst of all the success that he's having, he's shown great, the, the ability to be very humble. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's what a lot of quarterbacks, you don't see that very much in the NFL. Um, they either take things personal or they want their personality to be, like, to the forefront of everything. But it's almost like C.J. just, he dummies it down as far as being arrogant and being, like, self-centered. And he's willing to put the team first. And that can't help but be a and recipe that's, that's all he's really about. Yeah, he about team, about winning. Uh, and to be honest, even about God, you know, yeah, he yeah. he's he's the right he's the right leader. He's the right guy. Um, man, looking at that that Cincinnati game though, my boy, he he was twenty three for thirty nine, three hundred fifty six yards, one TD, one interception. He was only sacked one time, one time. And, and you look at that like the offensive line, no matter who they put in the plug and play, they've been playing well, and they've been protecting C J Stroud. So. You know he got them on his side. You know, I think if it was somebody else back there that they ain't really like too much, we'd be looking at a different old line. But CJ, they got real good, you know, a whole lot of respect for him, and they like to keep him well protected. And we're gonna touch on that too a little bit more. Uh, 
that part you just said about the the O line taking pride in protecting him mm-hmm. and, and their mentality about him when we talk about the game that they just had against the Arizona Cardinals because something happened in that game and that point that you're talking about yeah. it was on full display. But go ahead. Okay. Now speaking of the offensive line, Devin Singletary. Wow. 30, 30 carries, bro. 150 yards, one wow. TD. Wow. Did no. you see that coming? Nobody saw that coming. You know what? Here's the cool part about that. Not even Devin Singletary saw that coming, all right? It didn't. It just sort of happened. It didn't matter what cutback he made, how he read the pocket. He had different avenues to get more yards. And um, I don't know to say if Damian Pierce would have did the same, but I could say this. So far, and – this Cincinnati game and the Cardinals game, overall, I could just say, you know, Singletary is the better back in this system. Mm. Now, you know, you know, I got to pull you to the carpet on that, right? Because, <laughs> and, 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 and to me, you're not that far off with that type of prediction. But we also got to give Pierce a little bit of a pass. That injury that he has to the ankle, mm-hmm. it, 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 it would it would slow down production with any back in the league. You know? Yeah. And I and he's a tough guy. And at this point I can't just really say when he sustained the injury and how long he had been playing with it. But to his credit and to Devin Singletary's credit, any 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 back in that Texans organization will tell you that that O-line, their chemistry wasn't there the first four or five games of the season. Mm-hmm. It has gotten better progressively over the, the you know, the few uh, last couple of weeks. But that's what's allowed Devin. That's a huge part of Devin Singletary's success, too, is the O-line and their improved run blocking yeah. as a unit. I, and I can <clears> agree because when you look at it, bro, we had 34 carries all together as a team. 188 yards rushing on the ground as a team in that game, and two rushing TDs. Even C.J. Stroud got a chance to get into the end zone with his legs. And we talked about his arm, 356 yards, you know, passing TD, and Noah Brown, once again, just been lights out. Yeah, lights out. 172 yards. Yeah, man. I mean. Amazing. But you got to go back and look at it, though. You can't you can't just make that comparison to to uh, between Singletary and Pierce, and then we talk about the rushing in its totality because everybody that has touched the ball from the rushing attack mm-hmm. was averaging great yards. You go back, mention Xavier Hutchinson who had one carry, seventeen mm-hmm. yards. Tank Dell one carry, thirteen yards. That you're talking about over ten yards per carry yeah. per player. Against Cincinnati. Against Cincinnati. So, is all the credit going to Singletary, or are we going to start giving that old line just a little bit of props? You got to give it to the old line. And I just want to say, it would be real interesting to see what Pierce would do now that the old line has started to gel and get that chemistry. I, I, I would be you know, really interested. I really, I really hope Pierce returns soon, because one thing for sure, the, that that backfield is always better with both of them back there. Oh know? yeah, anytime you got and, a two-headed monster, you 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 just a dual threat. And what Singletary is doing, and what we know Pierce can do, 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that Singletary is the better running back. I'm just saying Singletary is the better running back in this scheme. But overall, I think Pierce is the overall better back. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, man, just to have both of them back, especially hopefully against the Jaguars when we yeah. talk about them, yeah, yeah, I, I would love to see that. Yeah. But um, I think as a, as a Houston Texans fan, we all are wanting to see Pierce back. So yeah, hopefully he gets uh gets healthy, and then we'll we'll see what the real product is going to be. It's really going to put us in the in, in the mix of being. I'm thinking playoffs when I'm thinking all these players coming back. But go ahead. Yeah, and then you know you got Dalton Schultz. <clears throat> he had a good game. That was an outstanding performance by him. Four receptions, seventy one yards receiving, on six targets. Tank Dell, he had another good game. Six receptions, 56 yards, receiving, one TD. Uh, overall, everybody chipped in. And I think that's the one thing I like about this Texans team is that everybody on this team, it's, just, it's all about team. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about one specific player getting him the ball or whatever, you know, in different dimensions. However, it's just about everybody chipping in and doing their part. I just seen Tank Dell just go out there and lay somebody out on the block. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't inspect yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So that's this football that the Texans playing. It's championship playoff football. It's it's definitely the uh, the heart of a champion mindset, and and it's inspired by just gutty, old school, go out there and leave nothing on the field type mentality. And yeah. I love it. I love it. Now, you're going to laugh about this on the defensive side. Last time we had our episode, we was talking about this guy, DeAndre Houston Carson. And believe it or not, bro played good against Cincinnati. I don't care. You know, you, oh, you, really, you, know, you keep the little slugs. Everybody knows. We, we don't have to rewind the footage to what I said about this man. I still feel the same way. You know, we're not buying him a plane ticket. We're not getting him a, a, a bus ticket. We're not getting him an Uber. Now I want to rent a bicycle and push him down I-45 South, you know. <laughs> and I hope he ends up in the water in Galveston somewhere. Because, you know, this dude is straight up, you know, I, I you know, I hear this little dude on the on, on YouTube all the time. And a matter of fact, shout out to him. He just made it on the uh Undisputed with Skip Bayless, uh, the oh, yeah. comedian out of Dallas. What's his name? The Internet Sensation. Oh, uh, man, I know you talking about the boy. Be like trash. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want to say about your boy DeAndre Houston Carson. Trash. <laughs> Let's get him up out of here. Oh man, Dallas Cowboy. Boy, look, trash. Played good enough for us to get the win. That's all that matters. He had seven solo tackles, and you ready to put this man and in the, he, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? And he he defensed the pass. You know, defended the pass too. So. I ain't, I ain't say no pro football Hall of Fame now. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm not ready to give this man a 10 day contract if he was in the NBA. He I'm, wouldn't even be on a 10 day. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I think we didn't talk about that boy a little too long already. He didn't got a little too many props. You know well, what I'm well, saying? I mean, you the one that brought him up, so you know. I'm just, uh, yeah. Next. Hey. Also, looking at the other side, we held Cincinnati to 66 yards rushing. Uh, Joe Mixon got pretty. We pretty much shut him down. But wait a minute. Let's let's do this right here at this junction. I can't help but kind of interject this right now. The numbers. C.J. Stroud, as you said before, twenty-three of thirty-nine, three hundred fifty-six yards. Mm-hmm. He's averaging nine point one yards a uh, 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 pass play. Uh, he had a touchdown and an interception, and only gave up one sack. Now, let's go. Look at Joe Burrow. Let's go 
to the next man that they think is going to be the face of the NFL, the next Tom Brady, the next Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Joe Cool himself, Joe Burrow. 27 of 40, 347 yards, average 8.7 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, mm-hmm. and a losing effort. How do you stack C.J. Stroud up with Joe Burrow? Because if Joe Burrow is that, then what does that say about C.J.? C.J. is even more special. I mean, mm-hmm. phenomenal play by C.J. Uh, I don't want to throw it in, but he did – CJ did fumble the ball two times. You know what I'm saying? Two fumbles. But he a rookie. But I'm and, just saying, we seen, you, say, you say you don't want to do it, but then you do it. What, I mean, what, what, but what I'm just saying, bro, we, we got to be fair. You know what I'm saying? Be fair, be square. But overall, Cincinnati fumbled the ball too. So, and Joe Burrow, he fumbled the ball. It was one, it, one of the fumbles was him. So, overall, I mean, like you said, comparing the two, CJ being a rookie, uh, not too far into the season, that boy's special. But I'm, I'm not going to let you leave out this one key. This is this is what tilted the scales for me uh, in CJ's favor would be on a shadow of a doubt as to why I said he outplayed Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud is in his what season? First season. Rookie season. And then he went and did what he did on the road. He did do that. He did it in Cincinnati. And for a rookie to put up that type of numbers on the road, man, that 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 just resonates all the way across the league. You got old ladies at home right now <laughs> that still wearing their Brett Favre jerseys. You talking about go CJ? Because he's that kind of a player. Hey, CJ definitely outplayed him. Because you look at how many first downs we had. We had twenty eight first downs to Cincinnati's twenty. Uh, we did damn good on third down. Uh, efficiency, you know, in comparison to Cincinnati, um, we we made we made better plays. CJ stretched the field. CJ made sure we was in the end zone, and when it came down to it, he put us in position to kick the field goal and win the game. He did all of the above. But here's what else happened in that game that I know nobody at FanDuel or any of the other betting sites could have ever possibly told you this. Hey, if they would have put out an odd where they said Jamar Chase would have a worse game than Noah Brown, <laughs> how many people would have took that bet? Nobody. We got Noah Brown you know with the, seven you know catches for, for 172 yards and Jamar Chase with five catches for 124. Are you kidding me? That's it. That That's all a testament to who, though? C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. Finding his receivers, finding an open man, completing passes. Distributing the rock. And then, look, let's also, like, give hats off to Noah Brown again because he was targeted eight <clears throat> times, and out of the eight, he caught seven. Mm-hmm. So, bro was not dropping no balls. No, he wasn't dropping no balls. Not at all. Not at all. So, again... I tip my hat to the Dallas Cowboys because, like we said in the last episode, <laughs> one man's junk is another man's treasure. Thank you so kindly. Not only did we get him, but we also got Dalton Schultz from him too. So, mm-hmm. hey, keep hey, keep doing what you're doing, Jerry. <laughs> he, out, he over there fucking it up. Yeah. So, we won 30-27, to 27, pushing on, playing Arizona, home at Houston. We knew that them having Kyler Murray back, we knew we was going to have our hands full. Because yes. Kyler Murray yes. is a dual-threat quarterback that can run in and pass and 
when he he take off running, it's hard to catch him. You know, and uh, though we won the game twenty one to sixteen, you know, you just kind of got to look at some of the things that that we we showed, you know, throughout the game out of our team that we really wanted it. You know, it's just like going back to what D'Amico said that at halftime, I don't care what happens, but we leave out of here with the vic- with yeah, the victory. Yeah, yeah. we don't you come back in here without the W. And, and that's what they did. Yeah, but here's what I want to say, and I'm, and, it, and like you said. Stay fair, stay square, right? I started to notice a pattern from the Bengals game that kind of led up into what I saw in the Arizona Cardinals game. Yeah, you could say that the Cardinals record isn't a true reflection of them because they hadn't had Kyler Murray for most of the season. But Mm -hmm. I'm noticing a pattern with the Texans, man. They're making these games harder than they need to be based off of what what their potential is. Mm Mm-hmm. They're starting to let games slip away because we're hitting these skid marks where the production just kind of just just disappears. You know, I, I really want to talk about for that large stretches because, of the game. Uh, the last couple games been close. That Tampa game, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, and Arizona, and it, it's not good to be playing in that position where it's always like. Your heart finna be broken. You don't know what's gonna happen. Exactly. Like, man, I want to turn the channel. I don't want to see this. So, when are we going to really just put it together and put teams away? You know, when are we going to close the game correctly? From start to finish. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Arizona came out. They jumped on us early in this game. They two went minutes. Up, they went up seven to nothing. In two minutes. We come out with the next possession. We don't score anything. But then the defense steps up, get a good stop. And then we come out and we tie the game up. Mm-hmm. And then from that, the offense just started rolling, right? So we go up, I think it was like 14 to 7, and then eventually 21 to 7. And then we hit one of those rough patches where everything just came to a screeching halt. Mm-hmm. And then that allowed Arizona to come back into the game. It's those junctions in the I'm game gonna, that I'm saying we need to clean up. I'm going to tell you, I think like in that second half of that Arizona game, I feel mm-hmm. like the Texans came out too conservative, like on the offensive side of the ball. I feel like we was too conservative. And that just kind of goes back to, like, how we was talking about Bobby Slowick. Like, I don't know. I just want him to get on a consistent path as far as calling his plays. Like, you can't be too conservative. And I think that's what's been hurting the Texans. And that's why we're 6-4 and four versus probably being 7-2 and two or, or something, you know, or not 7-2, and 8-2, and two, you know, because we should have won the Atlanta game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was another game. Oh, Carolina. Carolina. We we should have won. You know, we should be eight and two right now. Definitely. At at worst, you know. I, I totally agree with you. Um, Bobby Sloyd needs to 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 keep the, the the pedal to the metal. Stay aggressive with the play calling. Uh, we got young players. They're raring to go. Why put the reins around their neck and try to hold them back? Mm-hmm. That old school football. You gotta you you gotta lead. You got a substantial lead or a nice. Cushiony lead. Let's try to run, brown and pound and run the clock out. No. Yeah. Light them up. Get them up. You know? <laughs> That's what you need to do in this league right now because it's too easy for these teams to come back. Yeah. A, a, a two-possession game is no longer a far-fetched game. Some teams are catching that in, in within a two-minute span. And here you are only up by two possessions, and we still in the first half. Why get conservative? Yeah. Also, you kind of got to look like 
what CJ had with three interceptions in this game, which I definitely did not see coming. Uh, but I think a lot of his interceptions happen also because Carolina just – I'm not Carolina. The Cardinals, they just got a, a, a damn good safety back there in Buda Baker. You know, he, he's a good reader, and he probably kind of helped put the players in place to, to pick them off. But overall, CJ's still been a rookie. I think he just made a couple bad passes. Forced, I know he forced a couple of them, which was – Pretty much his fault on that end. I'm just going to say this. CJ, as it, as it pertains to the three interceptions that he he, uh, he he threw yesterday, one of them, I can honestly say, was not even his fault. When you hit a man in the hands and oh, yeah, he flex yeah, off, yeah, that, that's, that's not CJ's fault. No, nah, that ain't his fault. So now let's talk about this from the, the, the other two. You can't sustain the type of numbers that he had where, as it pertains to interceptions for the course of a season. That's never been done in the history of the NFL. I don't know one NFL quarterback, whether he's rookie or veteran, that has gone through an entire season of football with only one interception. So I kind of knew he was going to throw some interceptions. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, last week he had one. So we got to count that one too. But these other two, I mean, it's bound to happen. I'm not going to give all the credit to Buda Baker. Buda Baker has come out here and played, what is it? They're 2-8, 10 games for the Arizona Cardinals this season already. And how many interceptions does this Cardinal defense have? Hard to say. Nah, that, 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 that. But, not, but not enough to, and that, to, that, to justify what happened yesterday. Yeah. So it was his time. It was CJ's time to express that. <clears throat> but shout out to him. He had a lot of resiliency. He didn't put his head down. He didn't go get yeah. all in his feelings. One thing about CJ, he came. He, he always know how to turn the page. Yeah, he came back, and, 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 and as fast as he threw it, it was gone. But also, at the same time, we also got to say, man, that Houston defense stepped up. Big time. You know, Definitely. hey, hats off to Steven Nelson because he got the, 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 the most major play of the game. That, that pass defense, that was the one. On fourth and eight? Mm-hmm. Four Absolutely. Eight. Yeah. He, you know, yeah. I, I I'll be honest, bro. I was a little worried. You know what I'm saying? I didn't. I'll be honest. I didn't know how the, how that game was gonna end. It was still enough time on the clock for the Cardinals to do something. But the one thing for sure that I did know, they had to score a touchdown. So that was the one good thing that made me, you know, feel a little pride in this Texans team. So I was like, man, we only one play away. You yeah. know? Yeah. You know, I would I would uh, try to find a reason. To make you look bad, make you feel bad right now. Say what you got to say, bro. But I, I noticed oh, really, in your dude? analysis of what happened <laughs> yesterday, and you, you know, you gave your little props oh, to, to 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 Steven Nelson, bro. Say something about but I'm just trying to figure out why, <laughs> why you didn't have anything good to say about Derek Stingley Jr. Man, go ahead. Say what you got to say. I know. I'm just I know saying. That's your favorite player. I'm just saying. How many picks in that game did Steven Nelson have? He ain't had none, man. How many? I'm sorry, we can't hear you. He ain't have none. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but how many did Derek Stingley have? Stingley had a pick. And oh my God. See, that's why I keep telling you, man, we're doing this audio podcast. Yeah. Right now, you are so blessed to not have me on a video. <laughs> because I would make you play. The one of the most bone-crushing hits that's been delivered throughout this entire NFL season. And guess who it was delivered by? None other 
It was gift wrapped. It was early. It was Christmas. It was your boy, Derek Stingley. Did you not see that hit? I didn't see the hit. I'll be honest, people. I, I seen most of the game, but I missed a portion of the second quarter. But, you know, it was time for Stingley to shine. We, we've been waiting on this. But, 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 we've but been see, waiting on this for how see, long? But see, here's, how the thing. Long? here's the thing. The message that I'm trying to get you to see has been totally lost right now. It's not so much of the fact that he made the hit. When he made that hit, it set the tone for the mindset of the defense for the rest of that game. If you really watch that game, after that Derrick Stingley Jr. hit, is when that defense said, we ain't losing today. And they did the, they did the WWE. They went and put the smack down. <laughs> Even though CJ did everything he could, and, and you know, I'm not saying anything bad about CJ Stroud because that's my boy. He's going to always be my boy as long as he keep playing the way that he's playing. But he almost gift wrapped that game and gave it back to the Cardinals. Now, nah, I'll be honest. like, But the defense said, no, nah, we going home with the victory. But look, let's look at it this way. If the Cardinals was a better team, mm-hmm. they definitely should have won the game. Anytime a quarterback throw three interceptions. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I missed something. But, you know. Who said the Cardinals was a better team? I never said they were. I'm just saying, bro. Like you said, CJ gift wrapped at that game, really. Mm-hmm. Three picks. If they was a better team, we would have lost that one. I don't know. I disagree with you on that part because if if you really looked at the game, like I said, the way our defense played in that game, Kyler Murray has the ability to scramble, and he's he, you know he's he, he causes havoc for most defenses that he faces. So, but the Texans handled that. They did. I felt like the way that they played it yesterday against any of the elite teams. In the league, with them playing at that level, as much as CJ did turn the ball over, the Texans were coming back saying, We're not going to be denied. You're not going to get this one. Hey, the Texans never stopped fighting. They never stopped fighting. I'm I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying, like, hey, we got to clean up some things, you know, play calling wise, uh, just be a little bit more aggressive. And you know what? I'm not going to just let you escape past this little segment without mentioning one other person, too. Because I've noticed that, you know, you, you, you I know, ain't you call me, not you call me out on I'm Carson, you call me out on Carson, uh, whatever his name is, Johnny Carson, whatever his name is. DeAndre Houston Carson? Yeah, 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 that guy. What about, what about, Harris, what about, okay, okay, so since you know who I'm talking about, I ain't going to even say no more. You already said his name. You're not going to mention none of the things that he did? Man, Christian Harris had a good game. Five solo tackles. He had a tackle for a loss when it when it mattered the most. And he, even, he, and, even, he and, even knocked down two passes. But he can't cover. What what wasn't that your uh, analysis of him? He couldn't cover. Well, he, he just started learning how to cover. Okay, in one game? <laughs> not not in one game. But I'm saying maybe sometime over the offseason, well, a couple injuries. He's, he's probably been working in the bubble. You know, D'Amico been training him side by side. Hell, to be honest, was it really Christian Harris out there? It could have been D'Amico because he looked like he ready to suit up too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so so here's, here's my thing right now. Either we're going to wipe our glasses and see the game right or you're going to start seeing it my way, bro. Christian Harris did not come into that game with that skill set, and he just got developed that game. This is something this man already brings to the table. He's just now, no, like I said, he's been bit by the injury bug, but he's back now. I respect that. You better put some respect on number 48. 
Well, look, let's go ahead and put some respect on Blake Cashman because I was happy to have him back too. Man, without Blake, man, I mean, he's like the heart and soul of the defense, really. It, it, it's kind of a, a toss-up between him and Perriman, but, but you know, Cashman's numbers are by far no slouch from Pro Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, he, 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 he's, he's been rock solid. Man, while we at it, you want to talk about that Perriman thing? I mean... It's a sensitive subject in my book, but, you know, I'll follow your lead. What, what, what you think about it? I mean, not, you know, the NFL suspended him for, what, the first three games, and they reduced it to two games after reviewing it again. But I watched all the games, bro. I didn't see Perriman do anything that was really out of line. Hmm. I didn't see him lunge, and I didn't see him targeting and trying to, you know, give boys concussions and nothing. I seen him playing simple football, making, you know, the – the right tackle, the way he's supposed to. And I just, I think they were just trying to take a shot at the Texans, man. Yeah, I think so, definitely, man. I, like you said, it, it was that same criteria for me. I didn't see anything malicious in anything that he did. I mean, he, I, I, I've seen your wife hit you harder in pillow fights at night. So, I mean, <laughs> and she didn't get suspended. So, what's going on? Well, I, I say this. Like, the NFL going to do what they going to do. But... Sooner, sooner or later, they're going to have to give us our recognition. You know what I'm saying? Every time we have people like Blake Cashman, Henry Toa Toa, uh, Christian Harris, um, who else in that linebacker court? Just, you know, different players come in and step up and fill in. So it don't matter who they take out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, I mean, we still going to be the Houston Texans, and we still going to find our ways to win. Okay, so we, 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 we covered the pyramid situation. And, again, uh, from my understanding, it's on appeal. I don't know what that means at this point as a, as a fan. Because if it's on appeal and it gets overturned, you still can't go back and make up the games that he missed. Like, right. he was off the field. He, when you're off the field, you're off the field. Right. So, how, do, how, do, how, do, how we'll have to look into how the NFL actually makes that right at some point. Like, if he, if his appeal gets uh, upheld. So, keep your head up, uh, Perryman, man. We definitely missed you. But I will say this. In that game... His presence was surely missed. Yeah, that 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 running back from uh, Arizona, man, he almost had a field day. He kind of had me a little worried there at first because I was like, man, if Perryman was there, there's no way this guy's running like that. And you know, it's easy for us to like just kind of pass over him and talk about Murray, but you really got to give James Conner his props because he's been doing this shit for years. And uh, you know, to have Murray and Conner in the backfield, that's that's hard to cover. And at the same time, talking about that Texans defense, uh, overall, we did a damn good job at stopping them from allowing them to control the clock. And hold up, stop the presses. I just saw something, man, that just totally shocked me away. Now, I watched the game yeah, pretty much in its entirety yesterday. And when I saw the runs that James Conner made against the, the, the Texans defense, I just knew that I was going to look up and see the stat sheet, and this man had over 100 yards today. Do you know this dude only had 62 yards? Yep. Total. No touchdowns. And four, he averaged 4.4 yards a carry, which goes back to what I originally was telling you, D-Raw. That's the Texans saying, we, the defense, we're not going to lose this game. Yeah. Do you know what James Conner is averaging on the season? What are you doing? I don't know. But that's a great question for the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But from what I heard the commentator saying throughout the game, you know how you sometimes I, I try not to listen to the hype when I'm watching the game. But to be honest, the commentators was really all on James Conner's bandwagon. Yeah. And they were saying, you know, he I, I guess he's been having some some amount of success this year. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, it was gonna be a long, hard day for the Texans. Man, but like like I said, James Conner, he's a special special player, you know, in his position. Uh he's been doing it for for years. He was doing it in in Pittsburgh, and then to come to Arizona, he's doing it again. So I, I knew we'd have our hands full with him, but like you said, keeping him 62 yards, we did a damn good job on him. Murray pretty much showed up for the other half of the, of what they 123 yards as a team rushing. Right. So, man, hats off to that Texans defense. But you know, I, I want to get back on the uh, the Texans receivers because there's no way that I could not acknowledge what Tank Dell did. Eight receptions, 149 yards, one TD. He's He's been special. Now, we talk about C.J. Stroud and his rookie season, and I know it's part of C.J., you know, finding him and throwing the ball to him to get him open. But Tank Dell, bro, he's he been impressive. Like, he's making uh, miraculous catches that you wouldn't expect. His, his footwork has been amazing. Uh, just, bro, hats off to that boy. Nico Collins, he came back. He stepped up. Seven receptions, 65 yards. And I was happy to see that showing from Nico because for a little bit I was a little worried because, you know, how he started out the, the what the first four or five games, he was really dominant. But it's nice to see that he still is not just luck, but it's, it's really just the talent level that he got, that he could still go out there and uh make DBs have a problem. Well, I think, you know, uh, prior to the game last week where he was out for a little bit, uh, with an injury, one of the things that they were saying is he was leading the league uh, in his yards after the catch, his yak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's That was the big X factor with Nico Collins. But here's, here's something that, you know, I want to just throw out there based off of a conversation that we had before we even started today's episode. You were asking me about John Mechie and, and, and his productivity and all this uh, compared to Tank Dell. Yeah, I just got one thing to say to you about that. Looking at yesterday's stats, John Mechie had one reception on one target for 12 yards. There's a guy. Don't ask me where he came from. Don't ask me who his mama is. Don't ask me what he <laughs> likes for breakfast. He was on the Texans yesterday. His name is Steven Sims. He had two catches, 25 yards, on two targets. Right. So this dude's first game of the season with us, he comes out and gets more catches and more targets than John Mechie. And scrap comparing Mechie to, to Tank Dell because that's 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 out of there. <laughs> hey, and then how do you let this dude off the street come into your family and take your place at the dinner table? Another thing I seen Sims do, he also made those catches in, in times that we really needed him to make that catch. Like, because one of them was like a third down conversion. Yeah, he, they throwing the ball to him in key situations. Surely, John Mechie as a player has to say, what am the I doing? Fuck. He got a question, what, what is he doing? <laughs> what you is he doing? We, we over there trying to figure out what's going on with Mechie, but it's really starting It's starting to be a time where he got to kind of start looking at himself yeah. and looking at the, yeah. the name on, on the back of his jersey. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mechie, where you going, bro? Because I will put you on a bicycle. Headed to Galveston. <laughs> Keep playing like that.
<laughs> so, like, man, overall, like, the Texans played a good, a real good game. You know, we beat the Cardinals. It was expected that we beat the Cardinals. It wasn't expected that we was going to be playing them that tight. I thought we would have had them by 10 points or more, but I like the game. I like the win. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. A win is a win. Uh, yeah, that's what they say. So, seeing as how the Texans now, uh, how, how many have we won in a row now? Is it five? Yeah. Five games in a row. We're looking, we're looking good, baby. Let's talk about how this. How do you how do you predict this season going now? Now that you kind of see some of what you know, D'Amico Ryan's has put together as a football program. How do how, how do you see us ending out the season? I see us at the top of the division. I know we got this big game coming up against Jacksonville. Um, looking at the, what the betters say, they say that Jacksonville is the is going to be the the highest better to win the, the AFC South. And the Texans will fall behind them in second place. But I don't believe that. Especially because, number one, we already beat Jacksonville early in the season. True that. Before we even had figured everything out about this Texan team. That was really just the start of everything. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, and then, number two, we got this game at home in Houston. So, I like our chances. I love our chances. But I, I, I do want to be fair about this, this assessment. Where we were... As a team, when we played Jacksonville earlier in the season, that's not where we are right now. Right. And where Jacksonville was when we had that game, that's not where they are right now. Right. They found ways to win a lot of close games. And and true enough, they are leading the division right now, and it's only by one game, but they are winning. Mm-hmm. They're playing winning football. We're playing winning football. So what, what, what can we say can be the X factor that would really put the game – in, in, in our favor when we see them next time? It's going to be about defense and just, I think, big playability at this point. Because looking at that Jacksonville game, looking at Trevor Lawrence's stat line, 11 TDs, 6 interceptions, uh, he's been a solid QB throughout the season. No, he's not playing like C.J. Stroud. But um, we we know that Jacksonville got some some damn good players on that, on that defensive side of the ball that we're going to have to be worried about. So I, I really think it's about that. And then hopefully we can get some of our players back, like Jimmy Ward, uh, Noah Brown, Toa Toa. You know, it, it's nice to be able to go into that game and at least be mostly healthy, you know, especially at those key positions. Because I think we really going to need them against Jacksonville. Um, but you you do know Perriman won't be in that game either. Yeah, and per- Perriman won't be in that game. We And like you said, we, we miss Perriman. But to be honest, I feel like the players we got that's available right now, with the exception of uh, Henry Toa Toa, which we don't really know if he's going to be available, they can fill in for that because they've been doing that already. You know, because it's not the first time that Pyramid has missed games. But I don't think Henry played yesterday either. He did. So, so is he due back? I don't know. He inactive. We, we got to see as his status, you know, what his status is later in the week to see if he's going to be back. But – Hopefully, Jimmy Ward get his hammy together because we can definitely use him up top. Yeah, we're going to have to going up against a Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we are Texans. We are Texans fans, but I do respect great players in the league. And and Trevor Lawrence, shout out to him. uh, His career has gotten progressively better with each passing year. Mm -hmm. And I I think, you know, he's got a mindset that he wants to go out and win and and he's not going to let the Texans just just come in there and just run them, roll over. 
They're going to compete. Yeah. So, you know, definitely if we had Jimmy Ward back, I would love that because who is it that's filling in for Jimmy while he's out? Is it Carson? Is it Houston Carson? It was, um, well, it's Tavier, right? You know it? I know his name. I just don't want to keep saying his name because you know how I feel. I want him out. Come back, Jimmy. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Hey, well, look. Let's do a little comparison. Uh, Jaguars' last five games, they beat Tennessee. They lost to San Francisco 34-3. Mm-hmm. They beat Pittsburgh. They beat New Orleans. And they beat Indiana. And then looking at the Texans, we beat Arizona, Cincinnati, Tampa. We lost to Carolina. Mm-hmm. And we beat New Orleans. So, looking at both schedules, the teams that we play is pretty similar. Some of those teams that uh, Jacksonville played, we already beat, you know. And in comparison, they probably beat some of the teams that, that we played. So, this game is actually going to be pretty, pretty close. I know Jacksonville is favored by, what, one point? I don't see why or how. Um, but overall, bro, like, I like our chances in this game, especially just us being at home. Yeah. Um, I think I think this might be a good game for Anderson. I think this might be an Anderson game where he can get to Trevor Lawrence and he might get a couple sacks in this one. Well, we did spend the number three overall pick on him, so that would be refreshing to see. But just to piggyback off of what you said, in the last five games, our, our records are exactly the same. We're 4-1, we're they're 4-1. Mm-hmm. So that just means to me, like, you know, coming into this game, we, we, we're pretty evenly matched. We Both programs have found a way to win, and these guys are coming in uh, 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 trying to get to that playoff position because this game right here is very much – uh, uh, reflective of what could shape up to be someone's playoff future for this season. So yeah. it's going to be a fun game to watch. That's all I have to say, man. It's going to be a real fun game to watch because going down the stretch after this game, and I'm quite sure the Jaguars know this, the Texans' schedule on paper, on paper, it look like we can moonwalk into the Super Bowl, man. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we should be able to – to, to, to come out somewhere I, on top I think, of the division. I think we win about 10, 11 games. Mm, I don't even know if it's that. To me right now, the way I feel about the squad, that's a low number. You think so? I mean, because, look, after Jacksonville, we play Denver. You don't really know what kind of Denver team going to show up, but I like our chances against Denver, especially because we at home. It doesn't matter to me what type of Denver team shows up. I know what type of Texans team is going to show up. And the Texans been consistent. So, if we beat the Jaguars, do you know what kind of emotional high that team is going to be on? Going to go play some Denver Broncos? Uh, they're going to be ready to wreck shot, baby. Okay. And then who's after that? New York Jets. You know what? That's, 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 New York is one of those teams this year that's just – if, if I was the owner of that team, I'd be somewhere scratching my head because it's just like you came into the season thinking, okay – we might be going to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Then Aaron Rodgers gets hurt in the first game. But then the team has found some ways to win some games that they shouldn't even been in. Mm-hmm. So, for me, against us, that's the game where I would have said what you said. You know, it just depends on which team shows up. Well, I'm going to tell you about this Jets game. That's going to worry me. I don't know if you heard it, but 
they've been saying Aaron Rodgers might return by mid-December. So that's that's pretty close to mid-December, December 10th. Well, that's the whispers and then, of the NFL. I don't know what kind of miracle surgery he had, but I guess he pulled a Kobe and went and got uh, another animal part or something. He must have went and got some of that horse tendon or something. So he can get out there and be ready. But, <laughs> <laughs> but shit, man, uh, that that's the only thing that concerned me. Besides that, bro, I mean, like you said, yeah, New York, you don't really know what's going to show up. But our defense against Zach Wilson, <laughs> ain't yeah, worried yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He barbecue chicken, man. You know. Ain't uh, worried about it. Now, December. What, what you got to say? No, I was going to say, what's the next game after the Jets? December 17th, though. We'll, we'll finally get to look at Tennessee. We ain't played Tennessee all year. Uh, and they're going to be wearing them Houston colors. I mean, them Houston Oilers uh, uniforms in those colors. So, do, do I hear crickets right now? I, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I need to get my hearing checked right now. You, you, you said that, that we'll, we'll get to see Tennessee. Uh, we, we're already 10 games into the season. And, 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 and guess what? Nobody has seen Tennessee, okay? So, I can't, I, I, I just can't bring myself to even find that as a competitive thought. They are who we say they are. Well, we already know what Tennessee going to do, especially when Mike Vrabel is at the helm. Uh, if Derrick Henry ain't running the ball, they ain't got no chance. And if we can shut down Derrick Henry, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Will Levis, he's been looking okay. At best, but he ain't no C.J. Stroud. Hell, he ain't even Anthony Richardson. And Anthony Richardson been at home for, what, the past eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I like our chances against Tennessee. Now, Cleveland. Cleveland is a game that we should definitely circle. Uh, I know Deshaun not playing no more. and He out for the season with his old robbing, thieving ass. <laughs> Man, say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. I'm, we're gonna we're gonna finish the predictions, but then I'm gonna come back and, 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 and entertain that Deshaun Watson conversation. But okay, so you saying circle the calendar for Cleveland game? You think that may be a challenge for us? Well, man, just overall to be honest, like looking at that Cleveland defense, you got a problem. You know? Okay. He uh, C.J. Stroud, he's gonna be he's gonna fair. be under under pressure a lot in that game, but. Uh, it's really just going to come down to Bobby Slug, bro. Like, what kind of play calls he, he throw out there. It's going to have to be some aggressive play calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sometimes it might have to be a little conservative, you know, depending on what kind of setup we get in front of us as far as how the box is set up in front of uh, CJ. But it's going to be a tough one. I would say that one would be the next close game that you probably be like, man, I don't, I don't know if I want to watch this at the end. You know, but I, I think – if anything, bro, the Texans can really figure out a way to win that game. But also, I wouldn't be mad if that was one of those games that we probably dropped. But, you know, I really like the Texans' chance, especially when we're not even playing Deshaun. We're playing uh, DTR. So, But you're just not going to keep in mind that we are playing them at home? We are playing them at home. And it's Christmas Eve, baby. I just don't see. I, you know what? The way that the cards have fallen for C.J. Stroud and this Houston Texans team right here, I just can't see Santa Claus coming into our house, eating the milk and cookies, and not leaving no gift. We beat Cleveland, man. We beat Cleveland. That's right. You heard it here first. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Then we follow that back up with Tennessee again. 
and we got Tennessee at home. Uh-huh. And in that game, I would say the first Tennessee game, when we playing in Tennessee, it might be a little close. It might be a little competitive in that first half. But that that one in Houston, we're going to push them boys away. Like, we're going we're gonna to demolish them boys. They're going to be garbage juice in that one, man. Absolutely. Uh, and then Indianapolis to wrap up the season. I, I take the Texans. I know, um, see, the difference in this one, I would say, is that we really get the game plan for, uh, what's his face, uh, the, little, the quarterback. For which team? The Colts. Um, well, he's out. No, nah, not Anthony Richardson, the backup. Oh, I, I, I can't call his name right and now. It's on, the, it's on the tip of my uh, tongue. But, yeah, we get the really game plan for Indianapolis, you know. Um, we, we know what they do. We, they like to run the ball. That's the first thing they're going to do. And I feel like if we can shut down that run game, which we've been showing all season that we've been pretty good against the run. So then you just got to really just sit back there and defend the pass. And if you're just looking at that, from that point of view, the Texans got a good chance, bro. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, here's the thing that I love about this. After – the Jacksonville game, we only have six games left. Mm-hmm. So let's just say we win this Jacksonville game, right? That'll put our record to what, seven and four? Right. With six games left. And as you kind of predicted, you can only see us losing, at worst case scenario, two games. Two games. Which means we would win four more. That would make us 11. And six. Which I said, we probably win about 10 to 11 games. Man, that's nice. Coming off the season that we had last year, man, that, that's remarkable. I'm going to tell you one thing about this. This one thing about this Texan team. I haven't really seen a team truly beat us since week one. Like, just honestly just beat us because they played better than us. Yeah. Like, Indianapolis, when they beat us, we beat ourselves. You know, uh, Atlanta, we just – made some bad decisions as far as coaching, and we beat ourselves in that one, pretty much. We put our team in a bad decision. Uh, that Carolina game, they didn't really beat us. We beat ourselves, again, with, with coaching. Mm-hmm. But being outperformed, outplayed, nobody has done that. And it's just looking at what's left on the schedule and looking at what we already accomplished. Overall, man, the players we got on this team – you really can't point out no superstar players, you know, like just besides CJ right now. Yeah. Not even on the defense. Like, I can't really just point out a superstar player, but we just playing solid, solid team ball. And that ball right there, bro, is what's going to get us into the playoffs. That type of ball play is known to win championships. Because if you think back to, and I hate to say this because everybody always compares our franchise to their franchise. But think back to the New England Patriots in their heyday. There was only one true superstar on that team, which was Tom Brady. Right. But the rest of the players, they, they, they did it year after year where they would interchange parts. Like they'd have this starting wide receiver group out there this year that went to the Super Bowl. And then the next year they'd have at least one or two different change-ups. Mm-hmm. None of them were like these highly taunted, highly drafted picks. They just brought people in that just knew how to fit in to that, the system. Yeah, and, and that was just real football players. And, yeah. And, yeah. And I think that's kind of like what we have here, and it's refreshing to see. 
and it's exciting to see where it's all gonna go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, wanted to welcome back one other player that was out uh, on injury that came back last week, uh, Andrew Beck. Good to have him back. Uh, his blocking kind of helped uh, Singletary as well. Yeah, with that run. I, I would definitely <clears throat> say Andrew Beck. He he's a damn good blocker mm-hmm. at the fullback position. Absolutely. Now running, <laughs> he, he could improve, but you know. He he will he will, but I mean that kind of feeds off of your block, your Bobby Slowit uh, conservative call mm-hmm. that you talked about. It's fourth and one in that game. You got Devin Singletary who's been doing good. First of all, he he called two uh, running plays on fourth downs. I believe it was in that game yesterday. The first because one, he did that pitch. He did that pitch. That was five yards backwards yeah. to go and, two and look, yards. I, I'll say that like that was a dumb call. But then on one play, they turned around and handed the ball to Andrew Beck on a dive. Why? Why? But see, that's and, and that's what we were saying with Bobby Slug. Like that that first play with the pitch, I like. I love that they went for it. Mm-hmm. I just didn't like the play call. That's a, yeah. That's and, the whole thing. And, and to yeah. me, like you either yeah, you could have gave it to. Uh, you could have gave it to Singletary maybe yeah. on a dive or something. Mm-hmm. But it was like, what, fourth and three? I think. Uh, no, it was the one on the pitch. It was yeah. like fourth and two. Yeah. yeah. So, a pitch wouldn't have been a smart play. No. You, you should have put the ball in CJ hands. Exactly. Let, you know what I'm saying? Let, let the boy make a play. As the armchair GM slash uh, coach, head coach slash quarterback that I am, <laughs> that was all I screamed at my TV. Who made this call? It was the worst call in football. Yeah. And then, it, it, I, you know, I got a little validation because the commentators on the screen, after I said it, they literally came back out of the commercial break and repeated and echoed uh, my sentiment exactly, word for word. Like, that was the worst call. Yeah. Love love the decision to go for it on fourth down and be aggressive in that fashion. But if you're mm-hmm. going to be aggressive for it and you got arguably – the best quarterback in the league so far this year. Why wouldn't you give him a chance to make a play? Yeah, you got to. You, yeah. you put the ball in your superstar hands and let him make a play. And if yeah. we fail, we okay with that. Yeah. But if you're just going to give it to Singletary, not to knock Singletary, but you gave it to him in, on a bad run play, you know. Yeah. I just didn't like anything about the play call. I just didn't. Yeah. So, but overall, uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing for the Texans. Um, I hope the, the play calling does get better because I know we're going to make the playoffs and I, I don't want to look back at the playoffs uh, later down the line and look and like, damn, Bobby Slut, why did you play? I mean, why did you call these conservative plays in the playoffs? We need to win the game. You know, yeah. plan is to win the game. And I think he just got to start calling some plays that you know is really going to win. Well, you know, give, give, giving him the benefit of the doubt. He is a first-year offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. And I'd love to see him make these mistakes now in games where we can recover from it, he can learn from it, and we can, you know, know what to do when the timing is not so sparingly as far as in we have room for mistakes. I think what Bobby Slowick is doing – he has time to recover from it. It's just like they said, even CJ pulled him to the side one game and said, after, I think it was after the loss to Carolina, he said, yeah. hey, we got to open this thing up. 
you, you, you got to take the puppeteer strings off me and let me play, right? Mm-hmm. And especially going into the last stretch of the season where we got these uh, six games that's going to decide if whether or not we actually walk away with the division title, I think Bobby Sloat, as a rookie offensive coordinator, has learned some valuable lessons. Yeah. Now, the only other thing I want to kind of talk about <clears throat> as it pertains to the Houston Texans, Four years ago, if someone would have told me we would be without Deshaun Watson, he would be in a whole nother football organization. And in this year, we would be looking at a brand new rookie quarterback to be leading the league. And it's not him. I would have been like, I'm talking to an idiot. (laughs) But that's exactly where we find ourselves right now. Yeah. And before I go any further with this this point, I do want to say this one little footnote. As as the football world knows, Deshaun Watson has been lost for the season uh, due to a broken bone in one of his, his I think his it's in shoulder. his throwing arm, uh, shoulder. Uh, I'm still a fan of Deshaun Watson. I wish a speedy recovery to him. I hate to hear that type of thing uh, for him. But share your thoughts on Deshaun Watson. Like, has his season this far gone the way that you thought it would go? No. Uh, to be honest, like, like you said, man, I always hope the best for anybody. I don't want no no harm to come to nobody, anything like that. But I just don't feel like Cleveland got the same Deshaun that we got. We had a Deshaun that took a bus yeah. when he had. Uh, uh, injury what, to his lungs or his rib or something yeah. to go play in the game. Yeah, And I feel like the Deshaun that they got, he know he paid and he really don't care. Mm. Um, this Deshaun, man, he, he's not giving the same effort. Six games uh, this year, six games last year, I know he was on a suspension. Yeah. But even looking at what he you know provided, he, he went with seven TDs, five interceptions last year in six games. This year, he played another six games, seven TDs, four interceptions. So, it's the same Deshaun. He's not improving. Uh, To me, he's really just deteriorating in the system right now. And he really, like I said, I'm going to call him a thief. That boy got, what, 200-some million dollars. And there's nothing there to really show for it. You know, but hopefully in, what, season of 2024, hopefully the NFL and all of the viewers can see the Deshaun that we remember, you know, because I would like to see him have some some high success, just not against us, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you know definitely, what I'm saying. Definitely. But good luck to him, man. Yeah, uh, I kind of, you know, I, I, I'm still mixed on Deshaun. I don't know if it's he's not putting out the effort or if. Just certain life situations have just happened, man, that just gives him a tough break. I think I think Deshaun and got Tiger Woods, bro. Oh, really? You know, after Tiger Woods went, went through all that stuff with the cheating scandal and all that, he ain't never been the same. Uh, also, I want to mention this. I was looking at his 2017 stats when he was a rookie. In seven games, Deshaun had 19 TDs and eight interceptions. And you can tell me that I might be crazy or something, but – Six games in 2022 and six games in 2023, he only threw seven TDs. So, we know Deshaun is better than that. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, but you got to look at what he's gone through off the field. And uh, I'm not going to harp on this for a long time, but that when someone attacks your character, your name, and you are, you a person that's in the media, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough pill to swallow. And, and it's, it's hard to, you know, everywhere you go, people are spewing out things to you and, and treating you a certain way because they don't have all the facts. And, you know, it, it's definitely a distraction. So uh, I think that has had some type of an impact on him as not only a person, but as a player as well. Mm-hmm. But I would love to see Deshaun bounce back and be the competitive person that uh, he originally was when he first got to the Houston Texans. Now, going past Deshaun Watson, I mean, like I said, I wish everything, nothing but the best for that guy. He's my guy. Win, lose, or draw. Uh, I, I still think he's a great guy because he did some great things here in yeah. our community. But uh, um, I'll say let's let's play pick him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's look at the – well, first first <clears> off, <throat> we do have one good game remaining for this week. Uh, it's Monday night, and you got the Eagles and Chiefs. And that, that could be, you know, a, a Super Bowl preview or whatever. I mean, I love it to be the Texans, but, uh, you know, but Chiefs and Eagles, who would you take tonight? Uh, so wh- wh- where are they playing the game at? Where are they playing the game at? I believe the game is in Philly. Mm. Not too sure, but I will say this. Um, the Eagles defense is not as good. They have not played as well as they should if you look at it on paper. Mm-hmm. On paper, they supposed to be lights out, shut down defense, right? Uh, but then the same thing could be said about well, to a lesser extent, the same thing could be said about Kansas City. Their defense has not played up to its uh, potential. So you got two high-powered offenses uh, with hardly no defense. I give the edge to this contest from the defensive side of the ball to the Eagles, and that's who I'll give my nod to to win this game. I like the Eagles in this one, too. I I think uh, Jalen Hurts. He's going to do well as far as, like, uh, controlling the ball. Mm-hmm. I think their run game is what's going to win them because they can – as long as they can keep Patrick Mahomes off the field, the Eagles got a damn good chance in this one. Uh, so, I could ride with that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I like about Jalen this year is you don't have to so much play that type – rely on that type of – that style of play with mm-hmm. him this year. I've seen games where – Teams have come out and scored, and he takes his unit out on the field, and they respond instantaneously. Yeah. So, you know, Jalen has got it figured out that I can't always depend on my defense. Some of these things I'm just going to have to take it and put it on my back and bring home the W. So that's why, you know, when most people look at this matchup, they'll say Mahomes versus, you know, Jalen. I'm still going to ride with the Eagles in this game because I just feel like Complimentary football wins championships, and the Eagles have more complimentary football going on right now than the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, so let's talk about this upcoming week. Um, I'm going to pick out a couple good games. Um, first one I would definitely say is going to be Cleveland and Denver. I think this this might be a, a good um, g- 
game for Denver because we don't really know how they're going to swing it. Denver has been winning. I know they lost, you know, last week. But Denver's actually kind of like on the uptick. Do you think Cleveland drop a game? I know Cleveland just beat Pittsburgh. But I think this will be a good game for Denver to steal. Uh, are we picking winners or are we picking upsets? Winners. I'm rolling with Cleveland on this one. I mean, Denver just, you know, they just, they, I'm, uh, <laughs> they don't do it for me this year. I, all right, know, all right. I, I can rock with that. I'm I'm going to uh, ride with Denver because they at home. And I think Russell Wilson might better outplay DTR on that one and, and somehow find a way to win the game. Now, you do realize that that, is, that, that Cleveland defense is. That, that Cleveland defense is a motherfucker. So, okay. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> uh, Tampa and Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis, I believe they like at 500 right now. They at home against Tampa. We know what kind of team Tampa is going mm-hmm. into Indy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indy, they won their last game before the bye week, you know, and with high confidence. And I think they're going to be overconfident in this game against Tampa. And, and I think Tampa going to somehow figure out a way to win. And that's what I'm picking. Well, I like Tampa too, uh, but just, just for different reasoning. Uh, I think Tampa, what I noticed when we played them mm-hmm. in Houston, uh, they had this edge to like, we need to discover our identity. Yeah. And uh, when you have players that, that, that take what they do and, and wear it like a badge of honor, they tend to ramp up and they'll go through a stretch where they, they you know, they have something to prove. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Tampa Bay, that's what's going to sustain Tampa through this. So, yeah, I give a nod to Tampa Bay as well. All right. <clears throat> with it. Um, L.A., not L.A., Kansas City and the Raiders play against each other. It's in Vegas. Uh, we know how the Raiders been playing lately. You know, they've been smoking their cigars, getting them victories. Kansas City go into Vegas, afternoon game. Who, who you take? <laughs> That's Mahomes all day, baby. Mahomes goes to Vegas and plays the slots machines and jackpots. You hear me? <laughs> he's he's not going to lose to Vegas after coming back uh, losing to Philadelphia Eagles. There's no way. That's true. He's not going to lose to Most him. definitely. Yeah. Uh, if, if he – well, you know, it could be a trap game, but I don't see it. And, and they really just been having the Raiders numbers for who knows how long now. And then you talk about like a, a rookie quarterback starting for the Raiders and O'Connell uh, – it was Alec Pierce. I know he he's coached them to two victories, but I just don't see it against Andy Reid. I don't yeah. see it. Andy Reid is not going to let his team um, fall to the Vegas uh, team. So, yeah, I'm rolling with Kansas City. And i also say this. <clears throat> it's going to be a lot of fireworks in that game. Absolutely, absolutely. And have you seen that stadium? Oh, my Beautiful God. Beautiful stadium. Man, that thing. Man, is... I, didn't, I didn't seen that thing in person a couple times. It's, it's marvelous yeah, from the outside. That thing is it's a state of the art. State of the art. That's all I say. And that's where this year's Super Bowl will be. And I've already bought my tickets to see the Texans play. The the team that we're playing <laughs> is to be determined or still to be announced. But I will be in the building. I have my tickets secured already. <laughs> uh, one of the Thursday games on Thanksgiving will be pretty good as well. Uh, San Francisco and Seattle. Um, we know San Francisco been on, on a, a tear lately. But Seattle has not been a bad team. And since this game is... The night game on Thursday in Seattle, 
I really like Seattle's chances. Yeah. I like their chances too, but they're not going to win. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm rolling San Fran on this one, man. I just, you know, hey, it's something about Brock Purdy. It's something about that, that San Francisco organization where, you know, that their offense, it does just enough to get over the edge. So yeah, I, my edge, my nod in that one is the San Fran. Yeah, I, I can rock with it, but Seattle, look out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. and um, let's go ahead and talk about them cowgirls. You know, they play the Washington Commanders. They are at home, Dallas. Um, they should win that game. It should be an easy win for them. But, you know, Dallas is one of them teams that they'll definitely lose a game that they shouldn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Don't be surprised, Cowgirls fans, if, if your team lets you down and Dak just go out there and stank it up. Dallas Cowboy, <laughs> trash. You know what? As much as I, I love taking joy and taking a stab at any Dallas Cowboy fan, I'm going to be honest with you. This here is the Turkey Day Classic, as they call it. And I do believe that on Turkey Day, uh, the Dallas Cowboy will get a taste of that giblet gravy and pluck the feathers off of the Washington Commanders. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm nodding that one to the Cowboys. Uh, and then I guess, man, I'll go ahead and talk about this Baltimore uh, Chargers game. I've been pretty disappointed in the Chargers this year. But, um, yeah, I don't see that. Well, keep it consistent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Baltimore going to win that one, man. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's nothing else really to talk about on that one. I mean, Lamar Jackson uh, – since we're not going to talk about the uh, that that game in, 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 in great detail, do you think that uh, Lamar Jackson has a case for MVP? He has a case, but he ain't no uh, he ain't higher on the totem pole than C.J. Stroud. That's not what I asked. That's not what I asked. I just asked, was he a viable candidate for MVP? He may be, but last last time we looked at his stats, I would say no. So how are the Baltimore Ravens winning this year if it's not? Defense. So their defense is stout? Their defense is stout. I've seen their defense make some good plays. Uh, but it ain't it ain't Lamar Jackson. Lamar, Lamar is still a good quarterback, but he ain't the same Lamar he was a couple years ago when he was. Did he win MVP already, right? Mm, I don't. Did he? If, if if he hasn't won MVP, he's definitely been, like, number two for MVP. And, uh, like I said, he, he's just not the same quarterback. And a lot of a lot of things, I guess you could say the same about uh, Joe Burrow. You know, he ain't the same quarterback this year. He did. In 2019, he won uh, MVP. So. He, got, he got paid, and he has <clears throat> not been as healthy. Uh, you look at the last couple seasons, Lamar hasn't been as healthy. But he's still doing enough to get the win. He he's not putting his team in any bad positions. But MVP, I would definitely say no. Okay, that's fair. Well, uh, other than I that, got one more pick. I mean, we talked about the Turkey Day Classic, but we're not going to talk about the trash can punch ball. Let's Tennessee versus Carolina. I might want to see that. I didn't ask you if you wanted to see it. I asked you to pick which one was going to win. Tennessee. Tennessee going to win. All right. Keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, people, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. It was it was a good episode for me and Charles. We had a damn good conversation, as usual. You know what I'm saying? We covered the Texans. We covered some, some NFL uh, predictions, Deshaun Watson, and so much more. Uh, 
Charles, anything you got to say before we close it out? You know what? Anytime you can get together and have a whole conversation about the Houston Texans, man, that, that's just, just, you know, a good day. So I'm going to say uh, thank you all for listening. Always hit us up. Leave comments. Let us know how you think, uh, what you think, and uh, anything you want to hear from us, just uh, put it down in the comments below. Till next time, people. Yes, sir.